Welcome to Scary Basement. Each week, me and my friend Roxy are drawn inexplicably and supernaturally to this basement, which is full of rotten candles, a bat that just ate another bat, a dog that barks cruelly, and a werewolf sitting on the shoulders of another werewolf in a trench coat trying to sneak into an R-rated movie. My name is Mikey McCaller. And I'm Roxy Polk. Roxy, let's start out, as we always do, with the scariest things that happened to us this week. Roxy, what went down in your life outside this scary basement that spooked you to your very bones? I have yet another mundane thing, (laughs) mundane annoyance to list. Sure. So we both do Twitch. We've both got lighting setups in the background with like little twinkle lights or something, you know. So I had a whole set like on one side of my setup that was like Christmas lights. They were icicle lights, so you could kind of double them up and get Mm -hmm. more light out of them that way. I had meticulously strung them up, hung them up around things and everything. Uh, And then I woke up to try and plug them in this morning. Well, actually, yesterday morning. And uh, they were all burned out. Like, it wasn't just it stopped working. Like, the light bulbs were had black soot. Like, they burned out somehow. Oh, yeah. What? Every single one? What the fuck? How did this happen? (laughs) Roxy, that's indicative of the black soot killer. He does that to people's lights before he kills them. It's so rude. It took me so much time to set those up. Well, okay, now I got a new thing to be on the lookout for. Sorry. (laughs) Well, what about you, Mikey? What uh, was the scary thing that happened to you this week? Roxy, here's the scariest thing that happened to me. You You tell me if this has ever happened to you before, okay? All right. You know when you go to the grocery store and you buy a turkey tenderloin and you come home and you put it in the oven and you didn't check the package and so you take the trash out because you were meal prepping all day long and your garbage is full. So you got to go outside and go to the dumpster and check the packaging to find out how long to cook this turkey for. And it says it'll take 60 to 70 minutes. So you just leave it to bake and then you go to check but you can't find a meat thermometer because your meat thermometer was collected as a piece of police evidence in the murder of the man you stabbed with a meat thermometer not because you're a murderer but because no one else knew what he truly was and that you had to kill him to stop what he was about to unleash so you take the turkey out you cut out a little bite and you have no idea if it's done or not and you try it and you can't tell if the turkey is done or not isn't that scary <laughs> well i can't say that i've had this specific instance happen to me <laughs> it's just like what if the turkey is undercooked you can't really tell yeah yeah w- uh, cool yeah way to bury the lead there that's uh the most important thing we should be talking about not the uh man that you kill because yeah when you, if you cut if you cut the turkey too early then the juices run out and you don't you want to keep your turkey as juicy as possible. Real mystery, though, is that it only took, like, what, an hour for you to cook an entire... I guess it was a turkey leg, right? Not an it was entire a, a tenderloin. So just, like, a little strip of... Like, a little, oh, okay. Little, <laughs> slice. A little slab. You need to get a backup meat thermometer, Mikey. That will solve all of your problems. And then if you have to murder another man, you're uh, good to go. No, legally, I'm that. not allowed to own meat thermometers anymore. Anyways, here he comes. Oh, okay. The demon bot... Mikey and Roxy, this week you were assigned the 2001 remake of 13 Ghosts directed by Steve Beck and starring Tony Shalhoub, Shannon Elizabeth, and Matthew Lillard. Did you watch the film? Uh, Roxy, I did in fact watch 13 Ghosts. I watched all 13 Ghosts, yes. Good. Then your souls are safe. Okay, well... For now. (laughs) He went too fast this time. Damn. I think he's getting tired of it. You think so? Maybe. Okay, yeah, I think he went too fast because, like, we're we're not giving him the reaction he wants anymore. He wants a new, fresh reaction from us, so he's trying to keep us on our toes. And That's I don't know it. if I should be scared or inspired that he is trying harder. I personally see the demon bot as uh, a a beacon of evil. Of how hard I should be trying 
No, of of quality. I don't know if he should be your role model for this, Mikey. <laughs> you might- yeah, well, <laughs> Roxy, you know what? I've always wanted to be a bot of some kind. Uh, uh, mankind. To say <laughs> my mankind meat body has certain limitations. I can't run a mile in seven oh, minutes. But if I was a I mean, bot, that's- I could just set my speed to however that's fast That's more like getting a robot body. Like, have you seen Ghost in the Shell in any iteration of it? No, but I've been thinking about it a lot. Okay, I mean, <laughs> like you always do. Like, you're always talking about how you're thinking about it. And I'm I like, why don't you watch it? And you won't do it. I won't uh, do Well, it. basically, they'll put, like, your meat brain into a robot body. So Ooh. you're not, like, just data. Like, it. when we talked about with Soma, you're not a copy. You're still you, but you got your robot body. And eventually you can be transferred into data, but, uh, and copied, but. One of these meantime, days I'm going to, I'm going to go out and get coffee with Demon Bot, like outside the scary basement. And we're just going to talk about like how I can get my foot in the door in the becoming a robot industry, you know? Okay. Can you like, uh, make some notes about that and give them to me? Because I also want that. I yeah, <laughs> would I love to be f- <laughs> free of the meat body, but still be myself and keep my soul. So Demon Bot, this is not an invitation to say you can just take my body right now. So don't. Don't get it twisted. There is a reason I am trying to get out of my robot body and into yours. Which I will be able to do if you don't start reviewing the movie soon. Can you tell? We are not <laughs> excited to talk about 13 Ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh... <laughs> Roxy, just in case there's anybody listening up at the scary basement door, let's give a quick plot recap. What do you say? Yeah, let's let's do it. I... I think that's a great idea. (laughs) We open on crazy rich and crazy operatic villain Cyrus in a garbage dump. He and his psychic buddy Dennis are hunting a ghost known as the Juggernaut. They also run into a magical woman, Kalina, and her magical husband, who I don't know his name. They warn Cyrus he will never get anywhere without the 13th ghost. Then the Juggernaut makes himself known. And while the hulking and seemingly far from ephemeral ghost is captured, both the magic husband and Cyrus are killed. We then meet Cyrus's nephew, Arthur, who is struggling to keep his family together after his wife and mother of his children died in a fire. Arthur, along with his maid Maggie and kids Kathy and Bobby, are greeted one morning by Ben Moss, a lawyer for their uncle Cyrus, telling them they've inherited the house, their money problems are over, yet somehow they're able to hire a maid, which is something that never gets addressed. Oh, anyway. we're going to talk about that, believe you oh, me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> but damn, that inherited house is made out of glass. And that's not like a metaphor, like don't speak out of school. It's like, no, his house is literally glass. And yeah, legit glass made of glass. <laughs> is covered in spells. When Arthur and the fam roll up, they meet Dennis, disguised as a power guy. The family invites him in, and Dennis goes off to search for the money that Cyrus still owes him. As Maggie and the kids explore the house, Dennis creeps into the basement and puts on a pair of ghost specs, which allow him to see all the scary ghosts who are locked up in cages in the basement and bound by magical spells on the magical glass. Dennis hightails it upstairs and tries to get the family to bounce. But this lawyer, Moss, he's already on his way down to the basement to collect a suitcase full of money. Dang, when he picks up that case, it activates the house, locking everything down. That lawyer, Ben Moss, oh boy, he is also sliced in half vertically by a glass elevator. Yee, ouch! Then that little boy Bobby wanders off into the basement, and the rest of our heroes... Heroes? (laughs) I don't know if I'd go that far. (laughs) Uh, Split up to go look for him. Always the right call. You know how these movies go. 
Maggie and Dennis come across a huge hulking pinhead kind of looking ghost that Dennis seems to know. Because of his psychic powers, he gets a vision that this ghost will kill him at some point. Meanwhile, Arthur and Kathy are attacked by another ghost, the Jackal. But just before it can kill them, Carlina, the magic wife, appears, <laughs> fighting off the ghost with a flare. Also, Kathy leaves and goes somewhere else <laughs> when their back is turned. It's kind of unclear. Carlina tells Arthur this house is not a house, but instead a machine designed by the devil. <laughs> Cyrus has constructed this thing and is powering it with the souls of ghosts. The 13 ghosts, in fact, just like the movie. And they are. The firstborn son, a little boy with an arrow through his head. The torso, who is uh, just a torso. The bound woman, who is all tied up and haunting. The withered lover, who is Arthur's burned up wife. The torn prince, who is James Dean after his motorcycle accident. The angry princess, who is both nude and cut all up a little much. The pilgrimess, who is the pilgrimess. <laughs> the great child and the dire mother, a big baby and a little old lady, who are much scarier than that description makes them sound, trust me. The hammer, who is a buff-ass pinhead. The jackal, a crazy guy with a cage on his head. And the juggernaut, a Frankenstein zombie. And to be clear, Frankenstein is essentially a zombie. Carlina explains that the only way for Arthur to stop the machine and save his children is to willingly sacrifice himself and become the 13th ghost. But uncertain as to whether or not his kids are even in danger, <laughs> Arthur and Dennis go out to search, bringing with them a tall plate of glass with spells scribbled all over it. Here, Dennis confronts the hammer he saw murdering him in his vision. And he gets murdered. <laughs> we then learn that Cyrus is in fact not dead and has in fact faked his own death. To what end? Unclear. Kalina then turns on Maggie, knocking her unconscious with a book before making out with Cyrus. The twist. We learn that there is a plan underway. A plan that includes Cyrus kidnapping Bobby and Kathy, all leading up to Arthur being tricked into becoming the 13th ghost. Killing himself will not in fact stop the machine. It will turn it on. Then Arthur kills Kalina. Finally, Arthur arrives in, I don't know, a ghost chamber? There he put on the ghost specs and sees all 12 ghosts chanting around Bobby and Kathy, who cannot move without being sliced up by the circular blades that this machine has for some reason. Well, Arthur beats the hell out of Cyrus, who is also there for some reason. <laughs> Maggie destroys the machine and therefore the house, which has the added benefit of releasing the ghosts. Now free, the ghosts grab Cyrus and hurl him into the circular blades, slicing his ass all up. Then, Ghost Dennis gets Arthur to jump through the blades to be with his children as the house comes down. Uh, they're all okay. And the mom's ghost tells them that she loves him before going off to heaven to be with her lord and savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> sure. Uh, also, Maggie quits as their nanny. And that's 13 ghosts, folks. That's 13 ghosts. <laughs> what a film. Roxy, I don't know about you. I hated this movie and I hated these characters. <laughs> so I don't hate it, but it is not good. <laughs> there are things to enjoy about this and things that seem like genuine effort. The props, the house itself and the lore and mm. like the different ghosts. You can tell somebody put some time and effort into devising and thinking about all of this lore and intricate stuff behind it. And then the way they present it in the movie completely destroys it and makes it just <laughs> not not as cool as it should be. So much of this movie is spent with just characters running around trying to find each other. And it looks like they're running up and down like the same two hallways. 
Whereas it's like, why is that what you spent your time on? There's so many other things you could have done. Absolutely. The the way this set is designed, it's I know that it's supposed to create this feeling of this expansive house that they, you can run through forever and get lost in. But it yeah. looks so similar that I feel like they're yes. it's like the smallest house I've ever been in. It's very claustrophobic, but does feel like it is a more like a labyrinth or like a maze. Mm-hmm. So it's like a giant maze, but you're stuck in the hallways of this maze. So it feels like small in that It really sense. is. It feels like set design wise, they are getting the worst of both worlds in that it feels claustrophobic, but that doesn't feel scary. And it doesn't feel big and expansive that I think that the glass is supposed to like create this sense of like, wow, what a huge, wonderful house. Yeah, where you can see further in. And you miss out on that, too. It's just like, all right, we're kind of in the middle and this house is not cool. It needed like a glass room. That would have been tight. Yeah. Or like you could have just had these things inscribed on the walls without it being glass. Like there is no reason for it to be glass. (laughs) And one of the things, too, this is. That's a great point. Why is it glass? There's a little trivia thing, too, where the glass would show the cameraman and stuff being reflected in it. So they had to, like, make sure they were positioning in ways when they were filming this movie to not get them caught in the glass or to, like, digitally edit them out later. It sounds like it was an absolute nightmare. And it's like, (laughs) sure, that kind of looks cool, but not cool enough to, like, make your work harder for the movie. And then also just kind of like, I don't know, is that specific vibe or, like, the look that important? Right. It does feel like... This idea of a glass location, I mean, that's a cool idea, but it's not a cool enough idea for an entire movie. Yeah, like, if they had just done that with maybe the ghost chambers, Mm -hmm. I think it would have had a lot more effect, where the rest of the house has weird stuff inscribed, but then you actually go and see the glass, and it's like, oh, shit, okay. This is so that you can see the ghosts in there with Mm -hmm. your ghost specs that are also not explained (laughs) how the ghost specs work, but that's fine. Here's the thing. I I would argue the ghost specs are explained, but then they don't work the way they're explained. Oh, really? Okay, what, what do they say? Maybe I'm not remembering well, like, how they say it. Well, they say that, like, I, I mean, I think it's a very simple function that you put on the ghost specs and you can see the ghosts, but then okay. they still appear and disappear? Like, the ghosts still, like... Oh, because they, they're teleporting, I think, is what, because they're well, doing ghost things, maybe? Why? <laughs> uh, again, so, speaking of why and, like, things <laughs> cutting abruptly, the editing in this movie is a nightmare. Like, we were complaining so about the saw editing, but the editing in this is almost more frustrating because it was so constant like saw would do it in specific parts that Mm -hmm. sucked but it's like not the entire movie there is just so many scenes oh they're walking through a door this is slow-mo for some reason a guy's walking down the hallway this is slow-mo for some reason oh you're being attacked by a ghost we're gonna do a million cuts because that's more scary even though it's not scary it's just annoying and maybe if you have epilepsy you'd have a seizure from this it does feel like this movie is harmful because of its It doesn't feel like it needs to happen that way in any way. And uh, it seems like it's a lot of extra work for no reason. And I know like the 2000s did a lot of heinous editing like that. But Uh this, I feel like, is the epitome of how bad that can get. It really is like to do. I I mean, that's the thing. There's nothing about (laughs) this movie (laughs) that is like good. (laughs) It's all it's all like insane decisions that like i can't wrap my head around and and here's the thing i am now at a point where i am like writing movies professionally so i get it it's really really hard to say like this thing needs to happen in the story but it doesn't make sense the characters wouldn't do it like why are we getting to this big set piece why is arthur coming here there's just so many arbitrary character motivations that switch for no reason like why did cyrus fake his own death 
I think it's because then he could have his kid, or not kid, sorry, he can have the main character, Arthur, and his kids go to the house and then do the thing where he becomes the 13th ghost. So he had to, like, lure them in and try to manipulate them in that way. And in order to do that, he needed to die. But he didn't have to show up as a ghost in the house to do that unless it's trying to pad the numbers or something. Like, I can understand <laughs> him doing that. Oh, pad the numbers in terms of, like, making his... uh making the main character be the 13th ghost if it's like mm. you think there's 13 or you think there's 12 mm. i can't even remember if that was even important with him yeah unclear. being dead there so like concept wise yes it makes sense for him to die to have his plan work but then he doesn't need to be there pretending to be a ghost and then also yeah like they realize he's not a ghost because they take off their glasses and he's still there and it's <laughs> like you can be foiled so easily with this what were you thinking well like why did he put on like fake slit your throat makeup in the very first scene like who is he trying to trick the uh, audience I, mean, I think so matthew lillard's character is like a psychic who he is the best character in the entire movie and he should have been the main <laughs> character because the main character is like nothing i don't give a shit about arthur he sucks personally i, I would argue he's worse than nothing <laughs> <laughs> yeah he he is a detriment like if matthew lillard's character had been the main character it would have been so much more interesting but He's a psychic. He doesn't want to cause harm, but he's also just trying to survive. And he's so traumatized by the things that he sees that he's, you know, medicated and a little out of his mind to a degree. Mm -hmm. So he's just trying to hang on. But he never intentionally wants to, like, hurt living people. So I think part of it is to trick this person who he, like, goes into helping him. And then, yeah, to fool his nephew who he needs to come in there to die. Mm -hmm. And maybe he also killed the wife as part of it. Right, I, I think don't he know did. If they, he did. So he killed the wife, and then is trying to entrap his nephew. So like that was a whole backstory <laughs> plan. So he's That's trying to deceive to him. Do. And then the lawyer doesn't seem to be really in on it, but he knows. Yeah, I'm just getting paid to do whatever. I'll just make sure I bring them here. Exactly. So, he's like, he's half in, half not. Like I don't know what the truth of yeah. him is, and <laughs> I don't think this movie did either. Yeah, uh, and it's not important. Also, like, the lawyer guy is also just just to be another over-the-top character. Mm -hmm. The nanny, Matthew Lillard's character, the lawyer, and then I guess, like, Cyrus. All of them are so bigger, more interesting personalities. Yeah. And then you have the main characters, who is this, like, nothing father who nobody gives a shit about. And then the two kids who are just, like, annoying props. They don't even feel like they matter. Mm -hmm. They're just there. And it's like, I don't care about you guys. And they make them look even more boring by comparison to those other characters. So even though the lawyer's there for, like, a brief second to, like, uh. taunt the ghost, be a asshole, and, like, die in a really... A way that I remembered from my childhood because it was kind of upsetting to see for the first time. Oh, absolutely um, the highlight of this movie. Yeah. Is that lawyer it's getting sliced in half... But he has door. He has like a look on his face when he realizes yeah. what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> and and then starts that, sliding down the glass and then you see the other part of his body. It's so scary. Like that is it like really, really the number one way I don't want to die. That is I don't want to have the realization that oh, it's over and just like slowly slide off. It, my it own reminds torso. me a lot of the cube scene from the Resident Evil movie. Mm -hmm. Like both of those are very similar vibe-wise. Haunting. It also sets the stage to thinking like, oh, they're going to do some insane kills, right? And then the only other kills are what's her face being stabbed? And then yeah. I guess Cyrus gets thrown into the machine and gets like chunked up, but it's a really bad like early 2000s CG. Mm -hmm. So it's just 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess he got dismembered, but it looks really bad, and I don't know. And it was quick. It's not like they lingered on, like, the brutality of it. It was, like, one half-second shot that was, like, and he was gone. Yeah, because, like, I think only three three characters are, like, shown being killed. I guess there's the what, what uh, the magic lady who also doesn't even need to be in the movie. What is her name? Let me scroll up to yeah. <laughs> Carlina. 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 <laughs> Close enough. Okay. Carlina what? doesn't need to exist. What's her deal? <laughs> so like, I like the idea of there being magic people who are working against Cyrus. Yes. And we set them right? up in the beginning. But so her husband died and she joined him? I don't know. Did it, she join Cyrus? It feels like it is just to make a twist happen, not that it needs to make sense at all. It's just like, this lady didn't need to exist in this entire movie. This twist no. doesn't make sense. And you botched it really badly. It just cut this character in this whole thought process. Mm-hmm. I think they were just like, we need a character who can explain things. And then it's like, after she explains things, what does she do? Yeah. We need to get rid of her. Oh, I know. She's working with the villain for some reason, even though, yeah, he killed her husband. I don't. Unbelievable. I don't understand. It is never explained. They make out, and that's the twist where it's like, oh, they were working together, and he's also not a ghost. And he also kills her. Like, it's just like- For no reason. (laughs) Not at all. Like, he just abandons her. He has some dumb line that's something about, like, you need to sacrifice things for greatness. Goodbye. And then she's like, what? No, and gets- Oh, wait, no, he didn't stab her. That's right. She got squished between two planes of glass. Right, right. That's right. That was okay. a pretty cool kill, too. Yeah, actually, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know why I confuse it, thinking he stabbed her for some reason. Yeah. I don't remember who got stabbed. That that was my bad. Did anybody even get stabbed? I don't think so. <laughs> Matthew yeah, Lillard okay. got his back broken. Oh, that's right, Matthew Lillard. Okay, so <laughs> I forgot about that. I don't know. I feel like that made it worse because then he sees the vision of himself getting killed and then he just gets killed. He doesn't avoid it or anything right. like that. There's no payoff except for the fact that he is so stressed out of his mind and having such a bad time when he's alive and then when he's dead he's like chilled out and right. feels like he's having a much better time like he got some sort of release from that as well i guess i mean i guess that's good for you but that's a bummer <laughs> he's just relaxedly giving arthur some facts about oh you have to go do this right that's how you can help and he's like i don't know cleaning off his glasses kind of leaning against the glass he's he's like i'm done with this shit i don't have my flesh body anymore i'm chill out he's got big uh bugs bunny what's up doc kind of energy he's just like (laughs) casually leaning against the wall Uh can we talk uh, real quick you were saying that the dad and the two kids are boring nothing characters and i actually disagree i think they're actively unlikable oh i mean that too i'd say yeah that that's probably a better stance to say Honestly, I didn't like any of them. (laughs) Some just like, like the daughter is the most inoffensive because she's she she's just kind of there. She is obsessed with living in a nice house. Yeah, that's true. Six months after her mother died, like that's the articulation of her grief. Okay, I can buy it, but it's also shallow and like not. It's neither interesting nor endearing. Like I don't know what the purpose of it is. It feels like they want me to hate her. I feel like maybe. Cast like uh that should be like the bully from a Christmas story's motivation. I can not see that the theoretical yeah. prize that we are rooting for Arthur to save by the end of it. And I think also their mother dying and the house burning down means they don't have a house anymore and they mm. lost money and their dad kind of like can't keep it together. So they're like in a shithole apartment. So she like also you get the sense that she blames him for them living in a smaller space. Mm-hmm. 
But also, if they're so strapped for cash, why'd they hire the nanny? I know that's a thing we'll get into later, because now we're just talking about how shitty the kids are. This is time. Um, This is time. Okay. Okay, this is time for it. Roxy, I could be getting this wrong. The maid feels really racist. She Not not that she is racist, but, like, her role as a maid in this movie feels really racist. They're like, we'll have the black lady, the only black character in the movie, except Mm -hmm. for one of the ghosts, I think one of them. Yeah. She's gonna be the nanny. Mm-hmm. I, in a role I think of she's service the manny. Yeah, she's the, the nanny, people. not the maid, right? Yes. Who are also like too poor to be able to afford one, so I don't understand. So she's not getting paid enough, and she's complaining that she's not being paid enough. Exactly. But also, it's it's like they couldn't find. She's a got role. that like stereotypical sassy black woman writing that feels like it was written by like a white dude. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so it doesn't feel like very natural. But I mean, the the actress, to her credit, does her best, and she is more entertaining than the family Absolutely. you're more happy to see her on screen than anybody else but yeah oh, you're not wrong <laughs> she, she, she's not written great uh, but, but i just i just like look at it's just like it's so incoherent to even have a maid in this story when yeah, so like, were much they of thinking it, we need more comedic relief like i don't understand because she will have like zingers or something i have no problem with the character being there i just feel like it's yeah. really shitty that the only thing they could think of to get a black character into this movie was to make her a member of service to the white family that just felt really bad to me sucks (laughs) she could have been shannon elizabeth's best buddy yeah like that would have made way more sense like why couldn't they have just been friends and of course you would want to come help out if your friend's mom just died it's yeah easy to not default to the trope that she is serving a white family it's just yeah really frustrating to me i was really upset about that i i agree she is the best character in this movie I'm going to give, like, a slightly more charitable flip on it that I don't think they were trying to do, but who knows. Mm -hmm. The fact that she is entrapped in that situation and has to go through all of this shit because of these dumbass white people, (laughs) I think that's kind of encapsulates, uh... (laughs) I guess that's true. What I have been told about a lot of the black experience in America. I could see that. She does have the best arc. And then at the end of it, she's like, fuck you, I quit. Like, yeah. I'm done. I'm getting out of this shit. So she does survive also. So they didn't do the mm. trope of where it's like you've got one black character in a horror movie and you kill him off. She survived. Roxy, so I was so two- sure she was going to die right away. I was so <laughs> <Right>? sure. <laughs> it would make sense. Like, that's what you expect. So you're right. That That is at least one trope broken. Good on Yes. It, it's not great, but there are much worse examples of <laughs> those sorts of things. <laughs> I will say, here's why I think that the the, the kid is the most likable, unlikable character. <laughs> The, the uh, little boy. Yeah, I I 100% don't buy. It's such a, like, surface and not story detail. Okay, his mom died, and now he's obsessed with death. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like, Recording no. things and looking at the newspaper, learning the word decapitated at the dinner, t- or at the breakfast table. He's, it's, like, uh, making a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't remember that at all. I was like, what the fuck is, he's just recording what? I don't uh, understand it sucks. Like, that is just, like, such a, a – I don't even want to say, like, lazy trope. It's just, like, it's such a basic connection that they're like, oh, the kid's mom died. He's obsessed with death. It's, like, so cartoonish and weird. That's not how human beings behave. Yeah, and it's showed as being like, oh, ho, ho, look at this funny little kid. Isn't right. that maybe endearing or something? And it's like, what? <laughs> okay. Unbelievable. I mean, people deal with loss in different ways, but I don't think they were in any way trying to do that because, like you said, it just feels like a one-to-one, oh, his mom died, let's make him be obsessed with death, and that will be kind of funny. And then him and the (laughs) nanny will have jokes about it, I guess. Right. 
that's wild. Okay, and then this to me was like the most egregious example. Arthur, the main character, mm-hmm. played by Monk. All right. Yes, a great. That, actor. We haven't even we haven't even talked about that too. Which his character sucks, but yeah, it's not the actor's fault. I don't think. Absolutely not. He's great. He doesn't. I don't know if I'd say he gives like necessarily a great performance in this movie, but like as an actor, I know he is not a bad actor. Mm-hmm. So no, we yes. know he can be good at being. Yeah, monk. like I think did he get an award like the next year or something like after this fucking movie because of Monk or something? Oh, for playing Monk, I hope so. He's I good think as he monk. did. Yeah. So anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no other <laughs> actor. Name me one other actor who's been better as Monk. You can't because you just no can't. one else has been. Monk. Yeah, you just true, can't, can't. Roxy. <laughs> He has the most baffling detail in introducing a character I think I've ever seen in a movie. In that, I I get, I get the idea. Money troubles, your wife is dead, you're freaking out. He yells at his son for having toys. Oh my god, yeah, he like steps on it and like spills something on his shirt. He loses, he's very unlikable. That's true. That entire opening scene, like that was something, as a kid- Watching that movie and then trying to recall it, I didn't even remember that it started at this house with this apartment scene. Yeah. Seeing it now as an adult, I'm like, oh my god, this is extremely bad. (laughs) It is not great. They're all calling Shannon Elizabeth a slut and a bitch for no reason. I don't understand that. (laughs) Like, she's trying to cook breakfast and she's she's doing it poorly. Breakfast and they're like, you slut. Yeah, but, like, no one else is trying to do it. And, like, I think, does the brother call her that? And then the maid is... No, I prefer the term bitch because slut doesn't really (laughs) pertain to her because she's not, like, sexually promiscuous. She's just a bitch. And it's it's like, what? What? And, like, this is her repartee with the little kid. And then, like, the daughter is, what? Well, no wonder she wants to move into a nice house and get away from all this. Everybody hates her. Treats her like shit. It serves no story function and gets me to hate the characters that we're supposed to, like... And also, when when she's trying to make the breakfast, her her dad is like, this breakfast sucks, you should have the nanny do it. And the nanny's like, that's not my job to make breakfast for the whole family, I just look after the kid. So she's (laughs) like, it's not my job. So it's also Kim trying to, like, impose upon her to do more work. Right. For, <laughs> works. It makes for no more pay. It's not like and also a- just being rude to his daughter and this person he employed and is not really, like, paying correctly. It's just, oh, it's so bad. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, this movie. Oh, okay. So we've been talking about terrible things. Can we talk about something a little more funny? Yeah. Which is when the lawyer shows up and he has a video for them to watch with Cyrus and it's got... Okay, let me describe it. So it's like a square... In the square, there's a smaller square within that square that has the video, but then the border surrounding the square has weird esoteric and like demonic symbols (laughs) all over it. I didn't notice this. Yeah, it's so bad. The video keeps cutting out and having to put a new one up because like, I guess the technology at the time, they couldn't have a video that's five minutes long instead (laughs) of like four that are like a, a minute and a half or whatever. It would like close it out, then re pop up another one. And you're just like, Mm. I don't understand why. They did this choice? Is it just so that we can have time in between the characters reacting to what he's saying on the screen? But then also you've got this ominous occult (laughs) background for some reason where if he's trying to trick them, why would you put that in? Is that part of the plan? Baffling. Baffling. But it was absolutely ridiculous and just it reminded me of web pages from, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, sure. Some dude made this on his free time. (laughs) (laughs) Which, uh, it was kind of a delightful, dumb little thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's cute. <laughs> Still stupid, though. <laughs> there is a lot of things that just 
happened. Like, Monk doesn't believe Matthew Lillard is a ghost hunter when he first, you know, he eventually yeah. like, says, like, I've been hunting ghosts, I've been working with Cyrus, and that's why I'm here, and there's ghosts. Yeah, it's like, this is my entire life. Monk, like, doesn't believe him, and then the next <laughs> scene he's like, well, I guess I do. I've decided I do believe him. It, it feels like I could see the drafts of this script. There was a moment where Matthew Lillard, in that moment, said, uh, your wife burned up in a fire. Yeah, because he- Because he knows that. We've seen him have a psychic he vision. Uh, Monk, like, touches his shoulder yeah. or something, so then he knows everything that happened with the wife. Right. In that moment, to the point where he, like, practically has a seizure on the floor, and he's just, don't fucking touch me. <laughs> Basic storytelling is an event happens, that event causes further change. Like, that- change happens like monk starts yeah, asking acting as like, though he told him that like i'm sure yeah. that was in the script at some point yeah and i didn't even like, like catch that it. that is that is like ridiculous i didn't even catch that that's wow. ridiculous we also got to talk <sighs> this is another like it, it, it gets beyond you you and i talk about this a lot like i love a good villain character a character who's shitty and you're somebody who yeah. like gets angry at the character you're just like ah this movie gets me angry at the filmmakers <laughs> Yes, they're the true villains of this. <laughs> there is a scene where Monk and Shannon Elizabeth and I think Magic Wife are attacked by the jackal. And the jackal starts like shredding at Shannon oh, Elizabeth. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it shreds off her shirt? Yeah, like you see her bra. I remember thinking like, that's really weird. And like, I don't think it draws blood. No. It's just like shredding her clothes. How come? <laughs> I mean, we haven't even talked about the character of, was it the something princess? The Here we go back oh, up the, to the list. The sliced ice queen. The angry princess. The angry princess. That entire fucking character is just an excuse to have boobs in the movie, Such I guess. boobs. But like, they're, I just, again, I don't understand the intent. They're not sexy. They're really gross. It's really uh, hey, upsetting. Mikey? Mikey, you're saying that because it's not your kink. That's somebody's kink. It's, That's I wouldn't true. be surprised if it was somebody on staff. I but, apologize <laughs> to the cast of 13 Ghosts. You don't have to apologize. I'm just saying shaming. that I I also don't think it is uh, portrayed well because it feels more voyeuristic. Like this is just for titillation instead of it really being like this is the character. Because none of the other ghosts get that amount of attention or screen time. <laughs> and there's this whole scene when she gets free of her cage, she goes up to the bathroom where the daughter is, and the daughter's, like, washing her face in a tub, being like, oh, look at this great new bathroom. And you kind of have this sense where this ghost woman is looking at this living woman and kind of thinking, like, oh, I kind of had, I had this once. So it, th there's, like, a thread of maybe you could make this interesting and not just bullshit. <laughs> because <laughs> when you have the ghost specs on you can see the entire room is bloody and covered in stuff and there's like a message that says i'm sorry on the floor like written in blood and she's sitting in the bathtub and it's bloody mm -hmm. and all cut up if she killed herself which i don't know the entire backstory behind her but if mm. you write a message that says i'm sorry and then you're in a bathtub and you like kill yourself i assume you slit your wrist right you sure. don't like slice up your boobs with a razor <laughs> and like i'll slash up your face and everything and then do that it, it's very strange i don't understand how we got from point a to point b with how that character is even designed but that and then like she's just playing with the daughter in the sense where she's watching her and then we see the blood or not blood she turns on the faucet it's regular water and then it's bloody water and for some reason <laughs> She's splashing the water on her face. And then when she splashes the bloody water, that's when the ghost is like, oh, well, now I'm going to stab you for sure. some reason. And then somebody interrupts her 
Like, she doesn't even get stabbed there. I can't even remember. Like, somebody opens the door, yells at her, and then the ghost is like, oh, well, actually, I guess I won't kill you then. The entire sequence. Fucking incoherent. It, it makes- it's incoherent. It makes no sense. And it's like, maybe there was a threat of something, some sort of meaning in that. But, like, she gets the most screen time in terms of that, like, interaction where you can try and infer something. But then none of the other ghosts get that. No. And there's- there's a lot of them with their backstories and stuff that could have been interesting or they could have done something. Instead, they just chose to pad out the runtime with everybody Scooby-Doo running around, not being able to find each other through these hallways. Roxy, it's time to admit it. This movie sucks. And you know what? I've got a copy of the DVD right here. Uh-huh. We have to throw this movie into the stink pit. The, okay, what is the stink pit, Mikey? The stink pit is a small pit in the scary basement. That is bubbling okay. with the worst smells you've ever smelled. Oh, God. I, you know, that one corner smelled a little off whenever I got close to it, so I would just always stay away from it. I didn't realize the source of it was Stink Pit. Okay. There's a large marble statue of Pinhead from Hellraiser okay. in the corner that is covering the Stink Pit. So if you'll help me move it real quick, just... Uh, okay. <laughs> because 13 Ghosts is such a bad movie, we have to throw it into the Stink Pit, which bubbles and festers. With the worst smells you've ever smelled, such as yeah, I'm gonna stand back here. Yeah, you, you can go get you closer go to it. I'm uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting a whiff of uh, the metallic scent of blood, uh -huh. of rotten eggs, and an anime convention. <laughs> <laughs> that was mean, and yet, what can I do? That's the description. I'd say any sort of nerd convention, honestly, judging by the many I've been to. Any sort of nerd convention, and so thirteen ghosts, we cast you into the stink pit. And then we'll just uh, pull the pinhead statue back. Do I have to get back over here to help you, or can you do it yourself? Uh, please help me. Okay, fine. I'll put it. I have no physical strength. <laughs> okay. Well, we all know I got big muscles, so I'll help you push it, Mikey. Okay. All right. 13 Ghosts is gone. That felt very cathartic, but you know there's like probably tens of thousands of copies of this DVD out there in the world. We just exercised one of them. And we will hunt them all down. I don't care if it takes us it's a new two years quest. or two hours. We will hunt down every last copy of 13 Ghosts, including the original film reel. We will buy the rights to the IP and we will put them all into the stink pit. Okay. Well, that's that will be a mission for another day. All right. Roxy, 13 Ghosts, it's in the stink pit. Let us never talk about it again. Now, do you have a question for me inspired by the film 13 Ghosts? Yes, I do have a question for you inspired by the film 13 Ghosts. So my question, Mikey, would be, if you were going to be one of the ghosts trapped in the basement, what would your ghost title be and what would your signature weapon be? Because each of these ghosts in this movie had some sort of cool title and they each had like a signature mm -hmm. weapon they would use to try and kill you, even if it was just their bare hands. So I think I would, like, if we're talking about it distilling my very essence, I think I would be called the Confused Lumberjack. Okay. And I would be a very Lumberjack. big burly man, but I would be, every time I would be about to hatchet somebody with my hatchet, because that'd be my signature weapon. It's the, it's, <laughs> Roxy, it's the hatchet from the book Hatchet. Oh, okay. <laughs> you remember that book? It's by Gary Paulson. It's about a kid who's in a plane crash in the woods, and all he has is a hatchet to survive, and he does for the entire season. 
I somehow made it through elementary school not reading that book, but I remember they would hang projects other classes did on the walls outside of their classroom. So I would see other classes read Hatchet, but somehow my class never had to read Hatchet. So. Sorry you missed out on Hatchet. It's a really boring book that sucks. But okay, well, I would cool. have I would have the Hatchet because I'm such a like overthinker, like anxiety prone, like logistical kind of guy that I would be like. I've got a hatchet. Is this a little too much like the hatchet from hatchet? But then it would be the hatchet from hatchet. And so I would be, I would spend too much time like <laughs> contemplating my hatchet and then you, oh, everybody would escape from me very easily. <laughs> How about you? Which ghost would you be and what would your weapon be? Okay. So I think mine w- would be, my title would be the insomniac. Oh, yep. Because yep, as we know, like... I never sleep. So uh-huh. I'm sure the, the process of my death would be, I would die from not sleeping enough to the point that I would break the record for a human staying awake the longest without sleep. Cool. And I would do it for so long, I would go insane. Mm. Then then I die and I become a ghost in 13 Ghosts, the <laughs> movie. And my signature weapon would probably be a, a spiked pillow made out of chain mail because that feels like the most emblematic of Ooh, some like sort that. of sleep-based ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was also thinking maybe you had like glasses that shot blue lasers out because it's the blue light that you are watching oh. stored in your glasses <laughs> that keeps you awake that could work too i just like swinging the the pillow around because i can never use it because it's spiked but <laughs> like i'm so tired i can never actually hit anyone correctly with it so it's just like wildly swinging it's your own fault if you die by me because you're walking into my weapon at that point you are the the Bart Simpson swinging his hands yes. around in windmill. Like if you yeah. if I if you get hit, it's your own fault. Yeah. Roxy, on a scale from one to nine, one being the least likely, nine being the most likely, because of course ten does not exist in the scary basement. How likely do you think the events of thirteen ghosts are to happen in real life? So I said zero out of ten. Wow. <laughs> zero out of ten for all the reasons we just described but like ghosts aren't real if they are they can't be trapped in this way the crazy lore that like makes them (laughs) manifest in ways to kill people doesn't exist and all the magic shit that they said but it was a cool idea (laughs) (laughs) still zero out of ten though for or zero out of nine for me excuse me (laughs) zero out of nine it's also like in real life people who lose their wives aren't this unlikable like there's nothing you could do to make me hate a guy whose wife just yeah like it's, he's so set up to be a sympathetic character and they make damn sure he's not yeah they're great <laughs> at it i too i said a one okay and i'll tell you why because i mean people die so sure that <laughs> or uh, why 11 ghosts i doubt it but maybe 12 ghosts all right in the realm of possibilities 13 ghosts uh don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. But it's an unlucky number, Mikey. It's so uh, emblematic. It's a little something. much. I don't know. It's a little much. I mean, you're you're right. You're not wrong. <laughs> it's a, it is a little much. Especially when you have an hour and a half runtime. How are you going to introduce 13 ghosts and make that interesting? Yeah. Movie. Oh, and they failed. <laughs> Roxy, they last week we made a bet. How many of the 13 ghosts were ladies? Yes, we did. I said six. And I said three. The answer is five, which means I Man, win again. Mikey, two in a row. Good. That's good. You're trying. You're starting to catch back up to me. I good. am on a streak. The five lady ghosts are the bound woman, the mm-hmm. withered lover, the angry princess, uh-huh. Uh-huh. the pilgrimess, yes. and the dire mother. So Yes. Which they were a two for one ghost, right? Do they count as one? I don't know. I they, don't want the are, answer to this question. Two. Do I? Okay. There's 12 total. Yep. 
Gotcha. I look. I looked it up. And I researched it a lot. Well, like angrily. you had to make. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the only way to research stuff about this movie. <laughs> I think. <laughs> so now our total standings since the beginning of the podcast. Like I said, we've been coming to the scary basement for all. Our yeah, lives. we weren't writing this down until uh, we started doing the podcast. Well so. over thirty years, but since we started recording it, the total bet score, Roxy, you have thirteen. I have nine, and there is one tie. So. I'm only All down right. four. I can start catching up here. Yeah, because yeah. as we well know, something's gonna happen. Something. Nobody knows what. We can keep theorizing till we're blue in the face, but who knows? Only but Demon the, Bot knows. Very much so. These scores will come into play at some point, and I'm terrified to know when and how. Speaking of Demon Bot, here he comes. Congratulations! You successfully reviewed Thirteen Ghosts. Wait, why does it smell so bad in here? Anyway, for next week, you must review the original 1998 Japanese horror film Ringu directed by Hideo Nakata and starring Nanako Matsushima, Miki Nakatani, and Yuko Takeuchi. If you do not watch this film in seven days, your souls shall be forfeit and I will claim your bodies as my own. (laughs) Japanese one. So, okay, Roxy, we can do that. Watch watch Ringu. You know, this is another movie that I watched, like, at a sleepover party when I was a kid, so, uh, I haven't seen this in, do I want to age myself decades, maybe, at this point? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very interested to rewatch this, Mikey. That's scary. Scary movie to watch at a sleepover. (laughs) It is. I kept, I always made my friends watch scary movies, and I don't know how many of them tolerated it, and many were probably mad at me. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's my origin story. I'm sorry your friends didn't love horror movies. I feel like all my (laughs) friends growing up. We're so into horror movies. We like all like we had. Oh, I'm so jealous. VHS copies of Scream Two <laughs> that we like traded around. Oh man, <laughs> I was so worried my mom would find it in my room. That's a rated R movie. I'm not allowed to have that. No, yeah. Speaking of VHS tapes, Roxy Ringu, as we know, based on VHS tapes. VHS tape lore. For our bet next week, what do you say we bet the number of times a VHS tape is played? All right, sounds good to me. All right, I'll say yeah. seven times we watch a VHS tape. Uh, I will say four. Four, okay. Perfect. All right. The pact has been sealed. I mean, the bet is confirmed. Whoever is closest to the number of times a VHS tape is played shall be declared the winner. The loser will have to have a tea party with my friend, Sadako. She is ever so lonely. Roxy, before we get out of this scary basement, we've been wallowing in horror, both existential, practical, and film (laughs) quality-wise. Let's end on a happy note. Roxy, what is making you happy this week? What's making me happy this week is I started playing Ring Fit, finally. So I'm working out and playing video games at the same time. It's a win-win situation for me. You doing those squats with the, the ring controller i am i am trying i am not great at it (laughs) okay (laughs) but i'm doing it and i'm gonna get better at it and uh yeah i'll i'm gonna do those ring squats i'm gonna the pressure wheel thing from ring fit is kicking my ass but someday i will kick its ass mikey and i I know excited to work up to that point i know that's true so uh what about you mikey what's making you happy this week on the reel yes always that turkey tenderloin was perfectly cooked roxy each week mikey the demon bot hires a new monster to guard the basement door. We're just going to skip over that. 
You guys remember last week when Mikey admitted to a murder? <laughs> Anybody else remember that? Or was it just my fever dream? Each week. Uh-huh. Yeah, each week, Mikey. The demon bot hires a new okay. monster to guard the basement door <laughs> to keep us from escaping. And yet each week we still escape. Let's take a look at who the demon bot is hired to guard the scary basement this week. Roxy, it's indie folk band The Weepies. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, well, I I didn't recognize them, so I'm glad you're here. Are you a big Weepies fan, Mikey? Yeah, I mean, I was until they started guarding the scary basement to get me out of here. Roxy, the yeah, problem with The Weepies that. is that they are emotionally healthy and incredibly twee. Our only hope hmm. of getting past them is to put on a frowny face and make them think we don't believe in love. Okay. You ready? Sure, I'll do my best. <laughs> Is me not believing in love. I see going for the over top. Over the top. Oh, it's working. <laughs> they aren't paying attention to me as I go past it all. Uh oh, Mikey, I don't think I was making enough noise as they're looking at me. I don't like the way they're looking at me. Roxy, run. They're going to sing to you about love. Oh, no. I do believe in love. It's okay. Bye. Bye.